and welcome to a special edition of OT Talk with Mr. T. The show where we talk how to live occupationally through the lens of an occupational therapist. OT Talk standing for Occupational Therapy Talk. Overtime Talk, which we do on our own time after working during the day. Also stands for On Target Talk. Basically, we try to be on target, hopefully helping to live more occupationally, more independently, more functionally, more being able to live out your days and appreciate your days every day. So on tonight's special episode, we're going to talk about the holiday of Purim, which actually is one of my favorites, not my favorite of the whole year, but it's up there. My favorite, of course, being Hanukkah, Hanukkah, which we talk a lot about. Purim is a fascinating holiday, and it's a holiday that there's really something for everyone. All of our holidays, all the Jewish holidays, really is something for everyone and the Jewish way of life in general. But it's wonderful, it's amazing how Hashem made these holidays through the sages who enacted them over the years and, and through Hashem Himself who enacted most of the holidays in the Bible and the Torah itself, but of course Hanukkah and Purim coming later on, having its own elements that really has different aspects that everyone can relate to. First of all, what is Purim? Purim is a holiday where we thank God, we thank Hashem for saving us from near extermination, from near annihilation. There was an, a person, Yamach Shemo Haman, and you could think of who was a Yamach Shemo in World War II in the Holocaust times. So imagine that person many, many centuries earlier, someone who also hated the Jews, hated that that. We were spread out and scattered, hated that we had different differences and different ways of life, but probably mostly hated that we had upstanding, wonderful morals of the Torah that we live by, that we stand by, that we're trying to better the world. People are very much mistaken. When we say the words chosen people, it's not God forbid to the detriment of anyone else. It means chosen to try to help make the world a better place, chosen to bring light to the world. It's an, it's an, an enormous burden on our shoulders to try to bring to the world. It's not, God forbid, anything else. It's not that we think we're elitist, God forbid, or anything like that, Adarava, on the opposite. It's chosen that we want to help the world, do good for the world, bring morals to the world. But some people don't understand that, and some people hate us for it and want to kill us for it. So it was the, there was this guy, this Haman, he was a advisor to the king of the time, Ahasuerus, in English, or Ahasuerus, in Persian and Hebrew, and Ahasuerus, it's very hard to say it in English, it's like A-H-A-S-E-U-R-U-S, something like that, but we say Ahasuerus, and he ruled over 127 countries at the time, and this was around the time in between the two temples, so you think a long, long time ago, and it's already 2,000 plus years in the exile, so it was a very long time ago, but we always remember our history, we remember where we come from, and we commemorate where we come from, and where we go to, so he was celebrating the fact that we were not having the temple back in. He was celebrating the fact that we were still in exile. And he was celebrating the fact he had a whole party for everyone. And his wife wouldn't come out. And he got very angry at her. He basically had her killed because he, he, she, would, she refused to be shown off. And certain commentators explained exactly what he wanted to show and how. But suffice it to say that she was knocked off, killed off by him. He held, a, he held a contest, basically a beauty pageant, basically in a way he wanted to have a new wife and it had to be the most beautiful wife. Of course, he, he sent out far and near throughout the land, send me your wife, send me your daughters, I want a replacement. So Esther, 
who is either Mordechai's niece or it was his wife or his daughter. We don't exactly know. Some commentators explain differently. Again, this is my own condensed version explanation. Much people explain the Megillah much, much better than I could ever do. Giving a very small condensed version. Basically, Esther, this Jewish woman, was chosen. And even though the Gemara, the Megillah explains, the Gemara talks about, the Talmud talks about how really she might have even had a greenish complexion, but she found Chain favor in his eyes, and he thought she was the most beautiful in the world. Obviously, it was divine providence, the hand of God, to set forth the events that would happen later. Basically, she's chosen. Then Haman rises to power, the evil arch nemesis. It's really the really Lahavda Lahavda. I always think about how the books in Tanakh and the books in the Bible and the Pentateuch and the books in the twenty-four books of the of the Bible really make the best stories, the best movies. And I always wonder why they've never been made into movies, except for some exceptions, which are of course not always true to form and don't bring the story fully to its rightful respect. Purim would be an amazing movie for sure. Lahavda Lahavda. Anyway. So Esther rises to power, and then Haman rises to power, this evil, evil man. He decrees that everyone should venerate him as a god, as an idol. He wears an idol on his chest, apparently. Every time someone bows to him, they're basically bowing to an idol. One person does not bow to him, and that's Mordechai, the, the, the hero of our story, the arch-nemesis to the villain of the story, the protagonist to the antagonist, if you will. Mordechai stands up. Haman gets so enraged, so mad, that nobody can stop him, and he basically decides, I'm going to kill all the Jews on this spot. This Jew won't bow down to me. I will kill all Jews because of that. Any Jew, gone. He casts a lot. He decides what day it's going to be. It's going to be in Adar. It's going to be in in, in late winter. We're going to take him out, and I'm going to get permission from the king. He goes to the king. He gets permission. The king supposedly seems like a nice guy, but he wasn't. You know, deep down, he was happy to get rid of the Jews of the Gemara. The Talmud explains in Megillah that he wanted to get rid of the Jews, but nobody had the audacity, had the ability to come. So when Haman came to him and said, I want to get rid of the Jews, he said, excellent, now you're going to get rid of them. I will even pay you to take the money. And and, and Haman says, I'll, I mean, Haman says, I'll pay you. He says, no, I don't even need to take payment. You're just doing me a favor, which is craziness in and of itself. So Haman has this plot, has this plan, but then Mordechai overhears a plot to assassinate the king by these two, these two guards, Bixon and Seresh, and Mordechai tells it to Esther, tells it to the queen, the, the matter is investigated, Mordechai is right, they're killed, Mordechai is written in the, the annals of the king, in the records of the king. Haman is so mad, he wants to get rid of Mordechai, he wants to get rid of the Jews, he can't wait to get rid of Mordechai, he bakes a whole gallows and eats a tree. And he comes to the more, to the king late, late at night, which is so preposterous. You come to the king at 2 a.m. to tell him about this, but the king is so disturbed by his sleep, he can't sleep. And he says, read me the book of records. Who wasn't taken care of? They say, Mordechai wasn't taking care of the hero. And he says, ah, I need to do something for him. I need to reward him. Haman comes by, and, and the king says, you know, what would you do if, some, if I wanted to honor someone greatly? And, of course, Haman's thinking himself that it's me. And the king says, okay, so put him on a horse. And Haman says... Put him on a horse, give him a king, give him a haircut, give him a, a show, and say that this is who the king wants to honor. The king says, do that exactly for Mordechai. Haman does that. Meanwhile, the queen Esther decides she's going she's gonna to tell them what to do. The whole B'nai Israel heard about the decree. They're, they're fasting, they're crying, they're terrified. And Mordechai and Esther have a back and forth. And Esther says, what should I do? Mordechai says, you're in the palace, you need to tell him. And she says, I haven't been called for 30 days, which is against the law. If I show up, he'll kill me. And Mordechai says, this is why you're here. If you don't do it, you could be lost forever. So Esther says she's going to tell him, but her version is that she's going to have a party. So she invites Haman and the king to a party. At the first party, you know, 
Nothing happens. She just says, let's, uh, let's meet again. Let's come for another party. So after Haman brings Mordechai throughout the street, he has to parade him around, giving him the honor, and he's dumped waste on by his own daughter because she sees him thinking he's, he's uh, Mordechai, but he's not. And, and he comes to, and he's taken to the, to the party. The second party, Esther basically says, Haman is trying to kill my people. And um, the king Ahasuerus is furious. Haman tries to attack her. It looks like he's trying to attack her. And he's basically killed. And then Esther and Mordechai plead their case. They ask, they can't repeal the decree in those days. So instead they have a new decree to fight the enemies. And the Jews get rid of their enemies. And basically the holidays instituted of Purim. That's the story in a very, very small nutshell. Of course, I'm missing millions of details, but it's a beautiful story. It seems natural. It seems an occurrence of natural things, but it's not. It's how God is always in our lives, behind the scenes, taking care of us always. If we would think about that, by the way, we would have much more functional, much more fulfilling lives. If we know there's a higher power, a higher purpose to our being, to our lives, to our centers, then we could live with fulfilling days and full days. And this holiday has four aspects to it. First of all, we read the Megillah, we read the story every year. We read the story, brings goosebumps to our, our mind. And this time I brought my son to hear it. And reading through the book, the youth version, they have such a cute version of the story with pictures and whatnot. He's reading along, so that's the first thing. Then we also have to, have to pray, of course. And besides for that, we also have to have a special meal to commemorate how God saved us. And it's a beautiful, wonderful day. And then also we send money to the poor because in our holidays and our tradition, we always try to take care of the poor. It's not an after effect. It's not an afterthought. They're always on our mind. We're always trying to take care of it. Tzedakah is a huge fundamental tenet of our faith. In Judaism, we have to give 10% to charity from our money. So, of course, in this holiday, Matanus Levionim, gifts for the poor, money to the poor. And the coolest thing is Meshloch Manot Ishlere Ehud. The Megillah talks about how it was such a wonderful time, a joyous time. We took care of the poor, and friends rejoiced with one another to send to each other ready-made foods, foods that are ready to eat, really ideally for a meal, and it should be two blessings, two types of food, so like a drink and a snack, for example, two different types of foods. So this holiday has different aspects that are really great for kids. And the whole idea of the holidays that Hashem, God was behind the scenes. He was behind a mask. He was hidden. So too on, on Purim, the Jewish holiday, we wear costumes because we're showing that we're hiding. Hashem hid. God hid. So now we're hiding. We, we dress up. We put on different costumes. We put on different themes. And it's not Lahavdil. It's not like the other... It's not like what happened in secular society during the time in late October where they dress up just for dressing up. This is a sacred, fundamental holiday where we have reasons for everything. The, the, the costumes, the ideas of dressing up is a very deep thing, very deep meaning tapping into the idea how things in life seem hidden. Things in life seem costumed and hidden and dressed up and, and things in life see why it was dressed up and why there were costumes and why there are things like that. But... There's a fundamental aspect, and, and, and I never liked to dress up, but when I met my wife, we started dressing up. We had eight themes so far. Excuse me. Over the years, we talked about different themes. The first theme when we were about to be married was that we were bride and groom, and she was the groom, and I was the bride. Then the next year, we were Christoph and Anna, the Frozen, and then we were a painting and the painter. Then we were Curious George when our first son was born. He was the ba he was the monkey. My wife was Mrs. Curious George, and I was Curious George. We felt like he deserves a, a wife. He's alone. Then we were the Frankensteins because it was our 
anniversary. Then we were Egyptian viceroys, like the Egyptian family of Joseph and his family in Egypt. Then we were the magic school bus last year. And this year we're going to be the bucket of bracha, the bucket of blessings, where we have different blessings sitting on different foods. And we always try to dress up a theme, a different costume versus the theme. So this year I have a grape shirt for my daughter and an orange shirt for my son and a cookie shirt for my other son, a potato chip shirt for myself and a challah shirt for my wife. And the bucket has all the things and we try to do a theme. A lot of times we write a poem. And then in the Mshach Modest, it has to have different foods that are ready to go. So the bucket has oranges, it has chips, it has cookies, it has grape juice. God willing, also we put in a challah roll so it's ready to go. But it's just a wonderful holiday. And in general, the Jewish holidays are fantastic. And if there's a holiday in general that you relate to, use it, utilize it, get your kids involved. It's all about getting the kids involved. Even Passover, it's all about getting the kids to ask questions, to get them to understand why we do things, why we're involved in things. Getting them to be involved. If we can make sure that our life is fulfilled, has a higher purpose, has a higher calling, why we're doing things, why we're involved in things, why we're in doing things for the love of Purim, it's such a wonderful holiday, a wonderful aspect to get kids involved and to get things done, especially in such a way. How can we get things involved? How can we be involved? Just wanted to share the wonderful holiday that I so much love here on OT Talk with Mr. T. And I'm your host, Mr. T.